0: everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we have one week until Lagba Omer, and between all the beards in my family, I honestly cannot get Lagba Omer here fast enough. Let's break out the shavers. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and the voice and face of my new little project, Breaking Bread Oven on Instagram. Yes, follow me as I bake challah and deliver it like the challah fairy. I know that there is a challah fairy. I'm not the challah fairy, but deliver it like a challah fairy. To many, many unsuspecting people in the five towns. You can find me here every Thursday right after Allison, right before Nahum's live lunch. A number of very interesting national holidays here in the United States. It's Earth Day. That is correct. And in honor of Earth Day, I sat in traffic this morning and wasted more gas. That is correct. I gave up my hybrid, and so basically I am not at all celebrating Earth Day, but I did enjoy the daffodils that I drove by in my SUV. I hope that counts for something. It's also um, Celebrate Teen Literature Day, and as somebody who taught, joyfully taught, um, the, um, early adolescent literature for many, many years, that would be middle school literature. I absolutely love teen literature and so I certainly celebrate that it is also Herzl Day yes as we know it is Herzl's birthday and as you know as one would expect David Matlow had we been able to coordinate would have joined Nahum this morning on JM and AM with more Herzl trivia unfortunately that didn't happen we'll have David on another time but still of course it's important to mention that it is Herzl's birthday it's also National Jelly Bean Day no I will not participate I will not participate in any way, shape, or form. Jelly beans are not my thing. Anything that gets stuck in my teeth are not my thing. Um, I don't get it. Plus, they're all so smelly. It I just it doesn't work for me. But it is National Pie Day. But no, it's not. Why? Because National Pie Day, which is uh, usually, I mean, who wouldn't know this, of course, April 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, which would make it holding three days, I guess, for National Pie Day, it has been canceled. I, I can't understand why, and what would it... What would cause Pi Day to be canceled? I actually thought that Pi Day was March 14th because of 3.14, but I think that's Pi P-I, and this is P-I-E. So if National Pi Day P-I-E Day is today and it was canceled, what happened that somebody needed to cancel a virtual national holiday that requires a baked good? I don't understand all of it. But it's one of the many things in this world today I don't understand. Let's do quickly do the, the uh, fortune cookie. We haven't done a fortune cookie in a while. And I do this fortune cookie in dedication and celebration to Haley and Yoni's engagement. Mazel to Yoni Pollock and to Haley Ramrass on their engagement. Of course, um, everyone here at the Nahum Segal Network is not only thrilled to celebrate with them, but frankly taking credit for the Shidduch. Um, for no other reason except for the fact that we've... We've been there since the beginning. All right, Yoni, this is for you. Memories make what we are. Dreams make what we'll be. That actually is a very good fortune. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And before I introduce my guest, or I say before I welcome my guest on the air, I already have to apologize to my guest. And I will explain why. Um, Rabbi Ke- Rabbi Kenny Brander, the president of Torah Stone, is not only a trusted friend of both personally and professionally here at the Nachum Seal Network, but is somebody we truly admire. And I asked Rabbi Brander to join me on the air to discuss Yad Le'isha, which is an arm of OTS, and we will discuss their efforts on behalf of Agunot in just a few moments. Um, and in making that introduction, in making that invitation or extending that invitation, Rabbi Brander um, agreeing to join me, as he will in just a few moments, I was obviously certainly excited. And, um, for some reason or another, the, that of which I, I can get into but don't need to, um, I was then uh, the target of some very aggressive and harassing emails and social media posts um, in which I was criticized for having a man on to discuss the Aguna crisis. And I received a very um, angry almost belligerent email in which um, I was asked, why do you have to have a man? Why a rabbi? can't you get a woman? And a, a number of very well, well-spoken women were suggested to me to come on to speak about the Aguna crisis. Now, for those of you who have listened and been um, listeners here at That's Life for many years, you know that Keshet Starr, who's the executive director of Aura, has been on many times, and she's always welcome here. And Rabbi Jeremy Stern, yes, Rabbi Jeremy Stern, who was the previous executive director of Aura, joined me on the air a number of times as well. Um and so what I had prepared to do in response to this, um, this harassment, frankly, um, was ask Rabbi Brander, knowing his extensive work against Agunot, oh, sorry, extensive work in, in, in uh, support of the resolution of the Aguna crisis is definitely a better way to put this, um, extensive work for Agunot. Um, I, I sort of wanted to begin our discussion to explain why he's the right guy, not the only right guy, but certainly one of the right voices, a qualified voice to discuss this issue. And then I frankly realized I was an idiot. So I had played right into the ridiculous narrative that so many important issues are getting mired in, in our, uh, in our lifetime these days and in current, in current events. So many issues get lost in, <laughs> in these optics instead of focusing on the issue itself. And Rabbi Brander need not defend nor explain his background because his advocacy is not only decades long, but it speaks for itself. And I got caught up in the madness in which many of us find ourselves right now. And instead of losing focus on what's important, and that is the resolution of Agunot, and that is the issue at hand. Instead of getting lost in uh, the mud, getting stuck in the mud, I am staying focused on what's important. And with that, with that, I welcome Rabbi Brander to the air. Rabbi Kenny Brander is president and Rosh Hashiv of the Torah Stone Network of 30 educational institutions, leadership development initiatives, outreach endeavors, women empowerment programs, and social action Projects. He's a noted educator and innovator, a community cultivator with critical experience in creating, developing, and maintaining religious institutions of learning and leadership. Rabbi Brander joined OTS in 2018, and prior to that, he had served as vice president for university and community life, as well as the inaugural David Mitzner Dean of the Center for the Jewish Future at Yeshiva University, where he taught rabbinic courses at REITs. And in his capacity as as vice president and as dean, Rabbi Brand are focused on improving all aspects of student life experience, in particular global service learning and Israel advocacy, personal and virtual engagement with Jewish communities, and their lay and rabbinic leadership around the world, in addition to restructuring the GPATS program, the Graduate Program of, of Advanced Talmudic Studies for women. Rabbi Brancher came to YU after 14 years of serving as the senior rabbi of the Boca Raton Synagogue, overseeing its expansive growth from 60 families to more than 600 families. And as part of that, or in addition to that, that fast, fast modern orthodox growing community he created with building he is credited sorry with building key institutions to support jewish life in that region and we will discuss his involvement with yad leisha in a moment but first welcome rabbi brander to that's life
1: thank you very much for having me miriam
0: absolutely pleasure to be pleasure. here thank you absolutely a pleasure to have you um you know before we get into yad leisha i i would love to just take a step back i, I i've recently heard a story I've recently heard a story um, of when you were at the Boca Raton synagogue and there was a specific issue of an Aguna uh, situation that had come up in your shul and how even before ORA existed and even before everyone was required to sign prenups and certain, um, certain, shall we say, elements were in place, you were already prepared and did use your shul and the elements in your shul and the, the, the tools in your shul to help resolve an Aguna situation. I, I have a feeling you know what I'm talking about. I wonder if you would discuss it.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, thank you very much. But If I could just actually take a step back for a second before I respond to that. First of all, I, I think it would be great for you to have many voices to discuss the Aguna issue, and I think it would be great to have more women to discuss it. I, I welcome you to have uh, the head of our... Yadli Isha program, who is currently dealing with six hundred and eight cases of agunot right now, Nina Omar. Yeah. and one. Uh, and we have seven women advocates. The first time in halachic history that we have seven women who are able to go in front of the Batei Din, in front of the Israeli rabbinical courts, and repre- women representing women. And my job. Is simply to be the guy who helps orchestrate these wondrous women and what they're able to do to remove the scourge of achilu hashem. Aguna issues are achilu hashem. It's the responsibility of every Jew to help do whatever they can, and and I think that it's it's important to have both men as and particularly important to have women in. One of these days, you, we, we should have some of the Toa note. I have to make sure they actually speak English because I've never spoken to them in English before. Um, but you should hear how these women who have law degrees as well as recognized by the Ravanut as experts in Hilchot Kitin that we have trained uh, represent women. They have the most difficult cases in front of the Din. Uh-huh. But to get back to you, to get back before that, I I think, again, it's important to couch it that, you know, I I was trained at Yeshiva University to be a Rav, and Rabbi Soloveitchik, when he trained us in Shir, reminded us that the most important job of a Rav that he learned from his grandfather, Rav Chaim of Brisk, is to make sure that those that don't have a voice, the rabbi speaks for Mm whether it's the indigent, whether it's the poor, whether it's the various different challenging groups. Rav Chaim Brisk was known for his house to be a place that if a child born out of wedlock was born to in the European Jewish community, they could deposit that child on his doorstep and he would make sure that they were taken care of for the rest of his life. Yeah. Now, I think that one of those responsibilities, as I was taught by my teacher, is to speak out against Agunot. So, from the beginning of my privileged, really privileged uh, experience at Boca Raton Synagogue with a group of lay people, we made certain rules before it was fashionable. First of all, anyone who doesn't give his wife a get, uh, his name gets announced from the pulpit. Mm. In addition to not getting a leot and stuff like that, his name would get announced from the pulpit. Secondly... Um, no, no events, no weddings can happen to Boca Raton Synagogue without a prenuptial being signed. <sighs> and then when I came to YU, I worked actually with Jeremy Stern, with Rabbi Jeremy Stern before uh, uh, Keshet Star, who's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. She's unbelievable, and I work with her now. Um, I, I created a program for Jeremy as part of my work at YU to make sure he had the proper guidance, um, to make sure he had a strategic uh, planner that worked with him to develop Ora. And we worked together to get myself included, as well as other Rashi Shivas to sign a note saying that we will not perform a wedding without a prenuptial agreement. If you go on Ora's website, you will see that there's a list of Rashi Shiva. I happen to be signed on that list because I went around from every Russian Shiva asking them to sign it, so they asked me where my signature was so it's it's there uh I, 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 you know it's there but the bottom line is that um I think it's critically important for every human being, and I think the case you may be referring to is that uh it, it it's it's more than twenty five years ago um Boca Raton Synagogue had just built the first mikvah in Palm Beach County. There was no mikvah from Hollywood, Florida to Orlando, mm. um, you know, 150 miles or so. Um, and we built the mikvah in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, and there was a couple uh, who the husband uh, was a complete lowlife, and he wasn't giving his Wife a get and I actually had grown up with these uh, with these two individuals. Uh, they migrated from New York um, as we had, and it, it was getting to be a real challenge that he wasn't going to give his wife a get. So I asked uh, permission. I thought it was obvious, but I wanted to make sure. Since we were the only mikvah in town, I, I spoke to uh, Rebbe Shechter and I asked, "I would like to close the mikvah every other night." Uh, until this person gives his wife a get with a sign on the front door of the mikvah that says, how can we engage in Shalom Bayit when there is a home in our community? This was when Boko Raton synagogue was relatively small. Right. Um, you know, maybe 140 families, something like that, not the 600 uh, when I left. But the bottom line is, how can we engage in in any form of intimacy between husband and wife when there is a person holding his wife hostage? Mm. And I remember sending him this uh, sign, telling him uh, – it was before emails uh, – faxed him this thing and said, this will be on the mikvah door tonight. And within an hour of, him, of me sending him this, he signed what's called a kiss food to new giving me the permission to be able to speak to the Basin of America to write an immediate get for his wife, wow. who I then, several years later, had the privilege of being a Sadr Kedushan for um, when she remarried, and uh, Baruch Hashem, actually, they now live in Eretz Amazing. But the bottom line is, I think that that's our responsibility. I don't think it's heroic. I think it's just the obvious thing that we need to do. This is a tremendous khila Hashem. This is not just a women's issue, even though I have been called a feminist for having the largest uh, Aguna advocacy organization in the Jewish world. But I dream, to get back to your fortune cookie, I dream to the point in time where it will no longer be necessary mm. because we will be able to, uh, to end the scourge um, uh, against women and against the whole responsibility that we have to be an ethical and moral people.
2: Amazing.
0: What a story. What a story. And that's 25 years ago. I mean, were the words at least yeah. right? was, the, was the term yeah. prenup even on anyone's lips 25 years
1: ago? Um, you know, I think I think I think actually the story is probably a little bit older than 25 years. I don't remember the exact you know, I wasn't prepared for this. I don't remember the exact date. Um, but the prenup is extremely critical. And we you know, we owe so many people credit for that. Uh, first of all, the rabbis who won't perform weddings without it. Secondly, of course, Rabbi Willig and Rabbi Schechter and the based in of America. I'm talking about in North America, per se. And the fact now that the certain parts of the Haredi community are now creating their own prenups or using this one, as well as the based in from America for choreographing. But I think the most important fact is that to the best of my knowledge, at least when I checked it out a year ago, there is not one case not one Aguna case for any couple that used the prenup. And wow. that's why it's so important that we start using the prenup uh, in the land of Israel.
0: That's, that's incredible. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Rabbi Kenny Brander, president of Or Torah Stone. And we are discussing the Aguna crisis. And in specific, we are now going to officially rope in or bring in Yad Leisha, which is a division or an arm, I guess we could say, of Or Torah Stone. They assist Agunot. The organization assists Agunot in so many different ways, including with their legal aid center and their and their hotline, which began in 1997. But Yad Leisha remains the largest, most comprehensive, and most experienced support center for Agunot in the world, providing not only legal support in the rabbinical and civil courts, but also the services of in-house social workers and personal coaches who support clients emotionally, and empower them to rebuild their lives. I think that's such an important component, by the way, when we discuss the um, the, the suffering of Agunot, is what happens after. Please, God, we, we reach the point where they're after, and it is amazing to me that approximately 60 women annually, through Yadli Isha's represent, representation, are able to gain their freedom. But Yadla Isha doesn't only, and I use the word, of course, only in quotation marks, italics, and bold, but they don't only help resolve um Agunot, uh, aguna situations but help provide them the support to live afterwards what does life look like afterwards they want you want women to understand that there is a life afterwards
1: i mean you're 100% correct i mean we do multiple different things and we have to do more um you know first of all we have private detectives Uh, We have a series of private detectives. We don't keep them on staff because, first of all, it's too costly, and Mm -hmm. second of all, we need them all over the world. But we have private detectives looking for spouses that have gone underground. We have, uh, as you mentioned, social workers, and we have multiple offices throughout Israel and have connections with holy institutions like ORA. And others, so we work together on on cases, and we have a bunch of volunteer business coaches who will take women and, and most of the time, women with children, who have unbelievable talents, whether it's in art, uh, whether it is, um, you know, whether they have a serious uh, professional background, and they just need a little coaching to help them actualize um their professional skills. Mm. And so we'll we have business coaches that will work with them. And unfortunately during COVID approximately out of the 608 around 40 of them really didn't have food in the refrigerators and oh. we worked out a deal with Super Soul that we would provide at a discounted rate uh food coupons or food, you know, like cards looked like a credit card so no one really knew mm, um wow. that they were on any special uh, assistance. Um and we made sure that they had uh, food uh, f- throughout the whole year um but i think the most important thing um that we have to really do is recognize the fact that we have to empower and, and let make sure these women realize that they're they're not alone mm. and to have seven women advocates representing agunot in the israeli rabbinical courts right. is amazing it is amazing and there are pu- and there are beautiful stories and there are tragic stories. Just in the past you know, few weeks, there was one man who had gone underground because he knew that people were looking for him. And in Israel, if you uh, don't give your wife a get and it could be proven that you're basically a ma'again, a recalcitrant spouse, you can be put in jail. Not only that, but if you're supporting a recalcitrant spouse, you could actually be held uh in a way in which you can't leave the country
0: just in october so example, had a, just in october you had a situation where there where there was a there was a, a husband who spent the night in jail and the next right. morning gave his wife a get that was covered by a Sheva. that was an incredible story
1: yeah but it's not just in october in on Pesach. There, <gasps> was a, there was a yeah, and a few times in between um and there was uh a, a man who was going to um, the Ma'ara Pela <inaudible> on Chola um, on Moed, and there was just a, a security, you know, uh, security uh, Check. checkpoint he went through. And once in a while, they'll ask you for your identity card, your Sehut. They asked him for his identity card. They typed in his number. It flashed on that he's a recalcitrant spouse. <gasps> he, was, he was arrested. Um, it's Chola Moed. He was arrested. Um, he didn't like the jail in Tel Aviv, and he agreed to give a get. The Dayanim, the Jewish judges, at our request, opened the Beit Din on Tel Aviv, which meant the following, that our women advocates who, it's their vacation time with all of their children, right. and the first time after COVID that they can actually go out, canceled their vacations. Um, they went to the court. The Dayanim, who also have families, canceled their vacations wow. and they wrote a get on Hholomoid, which most dayanim don't write anything on Holomoid let a get let alone a get. And then we had a and that's that's a case where it shows a group of courageous women representing Torah Stone's Yabi Isha, the Monica Dennis Goldberg Legal Aid Center and Hotline, and the rub and the Bate Din Rabani working together. But then there are also challenges. I received two weeks ago a little bit less than that, a a thirty page chuva that a a judge wrote and said, Listen, I don't think this woman needs a get. I think that her case is such that you can nullify the kadushin, you can nullify the marriage. But if I sign this chuva, I will not be able to advance in my professional growth in the rabbinical court system. And so I'm I'm handing you this chuva that I wrote without my name on it, and Rabbi Brander, I know you're supportive of this, so why don't you sign it? So you have, you have you know, both sides of the coin, mm. and most of the Jewish judges are in the middle. Our job is to work with them, and when necessary, hold them accountable, and when appropriate, to recognize their service, and ending the skill of Hashem.
0: It's unbelievable. Part that- of that has to no, sorry. Continue.
1: So, part of that has to be that we we need to create, we need to start promoting. And any of your listeners who have ideas for us, I would appreciate them. We need to promote the halachic prenup, which is not really used in Israel. Unbelievably, I don't understand why. And we have a halachic prenup that Rav Zalman Nehemiah Goldberg, a blessed memory, signed. It follows the same halachic prenup of the Basin of America. So you have Gedolam with Rav Usher Weiss, Reversal Herschel Schechter, and and um, to separate between the living and, and those who have, uh, who have already uh, passed on, Rav Avadi Yosef supported it, Rav Zimbala supported it. We we have, and we need to start promoting and teaching it. So for example, we're discussing with the army, being able to go in there and promote the prenup. We're discussing, and we're starting to do it in Yeshivat has there, we're mm. starting to do it in 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 various high schools. Um, obviously, in our six high schools, we're starting to do it, so that's 4,000 students right there. Yeah. Um, where We are starting to begin the process of promoting it, and we're actually working towards seeing if we can make it part of the religious day school, high school curriculum in Israel, just to discuss the notion of a prenup. But we're really in the Embryonic stages of this, uh, but uh, we're starting to see some support. Um, and uh, please, God, we'll will eliminate the confusion about this, and we'll work towards uh, being proactive, not just reactive.
0: Well, Rabbi Brander, I'm in complete. Um, I mean, Ainley melim is is what comes to mind at at the moment. The the story of Cholamoid is is a is a wonderful. I mean, I don't always say it. I usually say it tongue in cheek, but it's a wonderful Mika Amcha moment. Honestly. Um, it's it makes me incredibly proud. I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of the of the mechanism that came into that that, that went into effect in order to free that woman. And I, I give everyone involved in Yadla Isha and everyone who's involved in the uh, in resolution of the Aguna crisis so much credit. Um, it really is God's work it really is god's work cuz this is not what god wants and um, yeah and i and i applaud you and, and thank you on behalf of i'm not going i'm not going to sit here and thank you on behalf of women i'm going to thank you on behalf of the jewish people because you deserve our thanks and and i appreciate your hard work i appreciate your hard work for for decades may you continue to do god's work and may the next time we speak may this all be over
1: Thank you very much. That's a wonderful bracha to have, and I, I take your bracha very seriously. And I and I thank you for, uh, I thank you for all that you do. The Nachum Siegel Network is very well respected all over the Jewish world, and you guys make a a major difference. I remember when uh, Nahum was doing this when I was a student. We when we were students at YU through the uh, YUR R if my memory serves me correctly. Sure. Um, and you guys have just, you know, you you have created, you, you are the spokespeople for the Jewish people, so we we thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. I wish you all the best. I look forward to speaking to you again soon, Rabbi Brander.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Whew. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I need... <sighs> What a bracha from Rabbi Brander. We should all continue to do God's work. The live lunch starts in just a few moments here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Don't miss a full day of programming. Of course, the Erev Shabbat show returns, please God, next week with a post-Lagba Omer program. Tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts J.M. in the A.M. And, of course, Naomi, table for two at 9 a.m. in the Kenem Erev Shabbos music mix up until candlelighting of Rumi host Saturday Night Siegel. Mosei Shabbat, 9 p.m. Matas host J.M. Sunday, starting 7 a.m. Sunday morning. We close today with Minion Man. The Maccabees collaboration with Lenny Solomon. Not only is it an amazing song and does it make me smile, but Jason Greenblatt also mentioned it on Twitter this week, and that was an awesome moment. <sighs> That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
2: I asked
3: the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away, and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? I stepped off the bus in Mobile, Alabama. The sun was slowly setting on the bay. Six o'clock on a summer Friday afternoon Shabbos was an hour away I walked around the town wondering what to do Shabbos is no time to be feeling blue And then I saw a man who looked the same way too I was quite relieved to find the fellow way and we've been feeling down yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found won't you stay with us for Shabbos minion man
2: we walk down Winston Avenue a block then two more Went into a shop that read closed on the door there was, there was a minion in the back of a hardware store Nine oh. men waiting for one more We yes. ushered in the Shabbos with a beautiful song The had a voice that was clear and strong He sang out as one all Shabbos long Enough. I asked a man, I saw how many Jews in this town He said to me, there used to be a million around But one of us passed away and we've
3: been feeling down Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found Won't you stay with us for a Shabbos minion? Remember The
2: men who prayed here Now the million is gone A few died, some moved on But the back of the store still remembers the song the nine men who waited To one came along
3: How Shabbos was carried on a song He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? Oh, won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? Stay with us for
2: Shabbos Minion. <laughs>